Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast coming at you after another match. This time it was Everton, your host Brandon, joined as always, by my co-hosts Nick and Dan. Uh, let's see, who do we start with this time? We've got we can go we can go to Dan this time. I feel like I've been throwing it to Nick a lot, so Nick, I'm gonna have to put you on hold for a second here. Uh, Dan, you okay? You are you still in shock? Have you processed what actually happened today? Well, in in a land devoid of hand sanitizer and toilet paper and uh, everything else you can't buy in the stores of Seattle, uh, it was very easy to enjoy the win. Very easy to enjoy the win. Yep. Coronavirus has taken over, and I have a fever. Oh, no. The only prescription is more peasy. David Peasy. David did you, Pastor. Did you planned that line. Peasy. That's good. Peasy. Peasy, join us. Join us in these puns. Come on, man. Uh, Welcome in. I'm, I'm not ready. I, I didn't realize <laughs> we had to line, have lines prepared. Uh, well, don't worry. Uh, for all of you who have forgotten, because we haven't had him on n- nearly... In far too long. Um, managing editor, executive director, writer, SAR of Sporting We Ain't Got No History. Yes. All, yeah. of, all of the above. I love it. So Wagon. That's where we got our <laughs> humble beginnings over at We Ain't Got No History on SB Nation. So uh, if you are unfamiliar, that is a fantastic place to get everything. Even things you don't want to know about Chelsea. It's all there. <laughs> they cover it all. Um, but so happy to have you back. Obviously, we haven't seen you in a while. Uh, we haven't gotten to chat in a while. So 
we are excited to bring kind of your perspectives to the pod. So welcome, sir. Kind of excited to be here. I will take that and run with it. And before he changes his mind. That's that patented excitement that we've all come to love, you know. It's turning up to 11 at the moment. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, Nick, uh, it is International Women's Day. And what better group of women to celebrate than the Chelsea women. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've, we've done a few pod specials over the last few weeks talking about the Chelsea women. We, we should be talking about them more and, and you have our, our commitment that we will be doing that. Uh, but just wanted to give a shout out to this group of incredible badass women. They're killing it. Emma Hayes is killing it. Uh, they deserve everyone's attention. And I, I hope that, uh, they're turning a few more heads before the the end of the year because there's a a couple more trophies dan that could be won and and i think that's a a really great thing that's absolutely right nick three trophies it's gonna happen and uh, it was also great to watch beth england not start against u.s women's national team appreciate that that was a nice little hand out there nailed it phil nailed it good to see she got back in today though uh getting those well deserved minutes um, a, a great, I think, tweet here from Magdalena Erickson, the captain of the women's team, says, Happy International Women's Day. My dream is for everyone in the world to grow up with the same opportunities. No one should ever be able to tell you that you can't do it just because you are a girl. Uh, inspiring words. Obviously, none of us know what it must be like, uh, but we can still show our support and offer it in any way we can. Um, so, hashtag International Women's Day. Appreciate all of you out there. Uh, another pretty interesting one here. Got to go back to Nick on this one. Um, we asked the club for a favor for a supporter in need, and boy, did they deliver. So kudos to the club on this one. That's right. Um, so unfortunately, uh, one of uh, the members of our Chelsea community, specifically in Nashville with the Music City Blues, uh, Nathaniel Bone, is going under the knife uh, to, You know, by the time that you are listening to this podcast. So we just want to wish him well. He's trying to beat cancer. Uh, odds are, um, are not in his favor, but he's going to keep fighting. You know, I've been talking to his, his dad, David, who's an awesome uh, chapter leader down there. Uh, and so the club was able to, to throw a little shout out from, from one Christian Pulisic his way. And it was, it was great that he was able to, to join everyone down at the pub uh, to watch the Everton match today. So we just want to give our, our well wishes, Brandon, to to everyone uh, down in Nashville, but specifically uh, Nathaniel Bone. All right, well, let's hear that message from Christian right now to him. My man, we've got your back. Hey, Nathaniel, it's Christian Pulisic here. Just want to wish you all the best, and uh, thank you so very much for all your support. All the best. All right, well, uh, let's go, Dan. Theme of the match. I mean, it's been a while since you've had to come up with something so overly positive. Well, to, to be fair, this was Nick's, but I'll be yes. happy to read it. He did, he did not go with mine, which was uh, sweeter than toffee. Hmm. Uh, he, he opted Ugh. to go with spring forward, given the time change. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, look, that's, that's a layup. Okay. You took the could ball, you, be, you dropped it. Could, could also be a double entendre to like, Hey, we, we scored goals. Hey, peasy, you're a headline writer. Save us. Save from us. Ourselves. That's, that's, that's pretty bad, but it's about on par what I would come up with. So. <laughs> it's, it's All right. Well, in this yes. match review, we are going to get into a little bit of reaction theater and discuss how we're feeling about one Billy Gilmore right now and what his rise could mean for one of Chelsea's current first teamers. We'll go ahead and take a, it's stand for a player in the match not named Billy Gilmore that we appreciate today and why. So a little what? foreshadowing there. 
there were other people out there. Oh, we're going to go ahead and applaud Frank's commitment to the youth revolution and discuss the Premier League Tino Andrian and Armando Broja's debuts. Uh, and then lastly, I think we'll go ahead and do the uh, play the magic number game and take a look at Chelsea's path forward in the quest for a top four finish and how that compares to our closest competitors because the end of the season is nearing. We need to look at fixtures uh, for us and those around us. Uh, Dan, ask and you shall receive iTunes reviews and they're not even negative five stars. These are positive ones. Well, Nick, Nick's been nice the last couple episodes, so uh, thankfully we haven't gotten any deductions. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we have got four or five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We got K Parm O two, we got Ian eight, we got Vinny one two three, and then L and a bunch of random characters. I'm not even going to try, but wonderful shout out from Australia there. We appreciate it. Maybe keyboards don't work differently down there. It's upside down, possibly. the keyboard is uh, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we appreciate all the wonderful five star reviews. They're great. Leave another one on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and we'll give you a shout out at the start of the next episode, Brandon. All right, and then another pledge from George on Patreon. Joining the team, already sent a link to Discord, George. We will see you in there, maybe even on Xbox for a little squad play. Anyways, uh, Nick, your turn. Gifts for the listeners. That's right. Uh, we, we've teased this for a couple of weeks, but we finally have our talisman contest ready to roll. Uh, so you could be worldwide on this one. No, no U.S. restriction. Uh, we're giving away a Pulisic hat trick hat via Instagram. So go check that out. Uh, it should be up on Monday around noon Eastern. Uh, so check it out. What we're asking for, uh, all you have to do to win is, is uh, on the entry post, uh, either tag or DM us and talisman caps and a couple of friends tell us which chelsea player will have any form of hat trick next and why so get get a little specific we want to understand who do you think is the most likely candidate to score a hat trick for chelsea and so uh we hope that this is good and we hope that this is uh is, is going to provide some interesting uh conversation on our instagram channel uh also please go check out and, and hopefully this will be up by the time you're listening to this uh, Brandon visited Talisman HQ and uh, and created quite the little video. So I'm excited about this one. It looks awesome. Brandon, tell the listeners about your experience. It'll be on YouTube. It was fantastic. These guys are down to earth, uh, soccer nuts, super passionate about the grassroots um, kind of build up and everything. And they have, a, as you can tell, really, really cool take on kind of football, soccer culture in the U.S. So super excited to go visit them uh, and let us know what you think of the little store tour that I did. Um, but here we are. All right. Uh, my guess is going to be one Marcus Alonso for the hat trick contest. So feel free to steal my answer. Tell us why. Uh, but moving into it. All right. It was time. Everton in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. If you can believe it, Chelsea four Evertonians. Nothing is one Gary Hayes said on Twitter. Why can't we play teams from the Merseyside every week? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's been a good week. If you're traveling and not if you're traveling from there to London, this this route um, goals. All right. Uh, audio coming from the Chelsea fifth stand at the official app. Make sure you go there to catch all the post-match interviews, pre-match kind of shenanigans, all the content they put out. So 14th minute right away was Mason Mount back on the score sheet. Let's hear it went down. So joining in with Pedro here. So coming infield. Nice turn from Mount. Good yeah! shot too. What a terrific goal. Mason Mount back on the score sheet. And that was a magnificent finish. 
well-crafted Chelsea goal and the Blues deservedly ahead in the 15th minute of the game. And then we go to the 21st minute, Pedro slotting home. A nice little breakaway. Barkley. Now then, Pedro, no flag here. Can he beat Pickford? Yes! Chelsea do have the second goal that they've deserved. Just reward for a great start to the match. Pedro's first in the Premier League this season. Moving on to the 51st minute, William getting in on the action. Barkley. On to Willian, space for Azpilicueta. Willian had eyes for goal, and that's why. A belter from Willian. And then last but certainly not least, World Cup winner Ali Giroud, 54th minute. Willian worked it short to Gilmore. Better angle for the cross now. Good delivery as well. 4-0, Olivier Giroud. Chelsea having some fun now. And uh, that's a wrap. So before we get into too much, we need to set the scene. So Dan, I need a lineup. Well, again, the, our FA Cup keeper, Kepa Ruwaga, gets a start in the Premier League. Very exciting for him. Azpilicueta, Rudiger, Zuma, and Alonso make up a back four. In front of them, Ross Barkley, we Billy Gilmore, and Mason Mount, and then William, Olivier Giroud, and Pedro make up the front three. We saw Andreas Christensen, Willie Caballero, Mishi Bashwai, Fakayo Tomori as unused substitutes. Reese James, Tino Time, Andorin, and Armando Broda made their appearances as well, which was quite, quite wonderful, Nick. It was, uh, you know, as Matt Law hinted, uh, we had seven first-team players out with injury suspension. It had to go into the well. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there are only so many options here to to choose from, right? Um, and it, it, I think it was just really special uh, to see the energy, commitment, uh, passion from from all the guys today. Uh, it felt a little bit uh, peasy, like like the, there was a bit of a backs against the wall type of mentality. And I think they played with the right attitude today. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice to see, uh, especially since we basically kept the same lineup as on Tuesday, and. Uh... A different set of motivations playing into today than on Tuesday. And certainly uh, the people that needed to uh, repeat their performances uh, repeated it or in some cases even exceeded it. So what more can you ask for, really? I mean, last time he copy-pasted a lineup, it went quite different, if we remember, from Spurs to Bayern. I don't know (laughs) if anybody's noticed that, really. He He does the let's stick with the winning lineup until it doesn't work, almost to a fault. This time it worked. So that's right. Mark Salonzo back in a back four, which I've repeatedly said won't work. Yet here we are. So uh, <laughs> moving along, uh, stats: uh, Chelsea with seventeen shots, eleven on target to Everton's three shots, one on target. Sixty-one percent possession, eighty-eight percent pass accuracy, eight fouls to their ten, one yellow card to their two, uh, six corners to their one, and they had the only offsides. At info goal app on Twitter saying full time Chelsea. Four with a 2.17 expected goals. Everton, zero with a 0.5 expected goals. A comfortable win for the Blues. Everton posing no threat throughout, recording just 0.16 expected goals from two shots after the break. Uh, you know, I love a good stat when it works in our favor, so we're going to go ahead and, and, and soak that one up. It, it, I mean, it seems to be pretty, like there's there's no kind of, I test alternative narrative to this one. I think everything pretty much lines up in step uh, for this. And so instead of discussing that, we can just go ahead um, 
then as Dan calls it, reaction theater with a trademark pending here. We're going to throw out a statement based on performance within this match, and we'll get an over-under reaction grade from the group. So starting with Billy Gilmore on his first Premier League start, he's 18, by the way, uh, and his second man of the match performance, uh, has he already given Frank Lampard a selection headache and by displacing Jorginho for the rest of the season? Uh, Dan, this is a hot take that you've uh, kicked off this podcast with. So I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say, uh, maybe even in defense of this statement. I mean, is this serious or is this playful? Uh, you know, I mean, like most things we do, there's a, a level of playfulness. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're thin. So in terms of our lineup right now, so I, I think it's a... Frank has said it will be challenging. He said so after the after the match in the fifth stand interview that he did with Cundy and the rest of the guys. I, I don't think Billy has ultimately displaced Jorginho, but I think it's going to be interesting to watch if he can give the club something to think about at the end of the season when we're looking at reformatting, reconfiguring, trying to figure out who stays, who goes, where we potentially can free up some funds to potentially sign or add additional players. And I think... I could see where this is not a overreaction because of how Billy continues to move the ball forward at speed in a way that I think sometimes David Jorginho doesn't always um, continue with a positive uh, forward mo- momentum with the ball. <laughs> so you're calling this an underreaction? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gilmore uh, for MVP. Um uh, yeah, I don't know if I, he's going to displace Jorginho. I'm not really seeing any signs of that. I mean, I think Billy's been really quite good, but he was good in the summer too. And uh, Frank's been trusting him since the beginning of the season. There's nothing been, um, you know, he, he caused headlines when uh, Gilmore made his debut against Sheffield United in like the third game of the season. Mm-hmm. And we ended up uh, just drawing 2-2 because Zuma scored an own goal. And people were kind of criticizing Lampard for trusting Gilmore in that situation. So I don't think really uh, that is a question whether he's trusting the kid. I think it's just basically he's playing because Jorginho has gotten himself suspended because he can't make a tackle to save his life. Um, So I think as soon as Jorginho's back, uh, Billy's going back to the bench and the under-23s, and that's the rest of the season. As Like you said, for next season... uh, it's probably going to be a very different situation. But uh, it's going to be an interesting midfield to break into because nobody's really looking like leaving from there. So it's it's going to have to be a competition. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think first of all, you have to give Billy a tremendous amount of credit for the two performances that he's put in back-to-back. Um, I, I think he's shown to be positive in, in his passing movement. I think he's... Uh, carried the ball well. I think he's defended well. He certainly got back and defended uh, a couple of breakaways a couple of times that that made um, Zuma and Rudiger's life a little bit easier, um, which is different than what Jorginho has been doing as of late. So I think you know there there are kind of some clear differences in their in their playing styles. But I I, I think it's kind of a fool's errand to compare them as players because they do different things. Um, Billy's been very good. I. You know, and if Frank continues with his hot hand approach, um, perhaps this isn't an overreaction, but it seems 
like this is kind of a temporary solution, not a permanent fix. And, uh, you know, I, I hope while Jorginho is out for the, for the next game uh, against Villa that, that Billy can continue this streak because it's been a rare moment, Brandon, this season where we've had a ton of players playing so well that Frank has a selection headache. Usually it's the other way around. And, and I, hope, uh, I hope that is a legitimate decision that he has to make after Villa. Right. And I guess, you know, I would question the question saying, do we need him to come in and be a starter? Uh, You know, thankfully, no, which will just give him time to develop, you know, to your point. I think, you know, uh, it was a it was a surprisingly comfortable game for him to come in. I thought he was the direct beneficiary of Everton playing a two man midfield because Tom Davies wouldn't step to him. And I don't even remember who else was in the midfield with him because oh, uh, Andre Gomez. You know, they had to sit because they had Mount, they had Pedro, uh, they had William, they had Barkley in much more advanced positions. So those four really kind of pinned Everton's midfield back, and I think it opened up a lot of space for Gilmore to do his business. Now, he was very tidy and did his business very well, completing 74 of 80 passes. But I think to some of the other games where, you know, Jorginho's had to get stuck in and battle a lot more, like, is Billy Gilmore going to be comfortable in that type of situation? Probably not. But again, he, he has doesn't need to be. He has time. He This is good coverage for him to learn and develop under. Um, so I, I would say no. I think him coming in and replacing Jorginho for the rest of the season is probably an overreaction. Um, but damn, it feels great to have Billy coming through the ranks. When he does get chances, he doesn't look out of place. And I think we've seen that with other youngsters in the past is that they've come on and they look a little shell-shocked. They look behind the speed of play mentally, but he is right there with it, clipping it. And like when you see you know, his pass, Matt, in the suite from Satman Dave, it's extremely impressive. I mean, he's all over the field, uh, even as like a holding mid in this, in this format. Um, he's aggressive. And, and so I have a question back to you guys, because I was listening to the BBC podcast before the for our podcast today, and um, they, one thing that they said they loved about Billy is that he always looks to pass forward, which, to be fair, is a slight on Jorginho, mainly under Maurizio Sarri, that he'll pass side to side laterally. But Billy will essentially try to push the ball forward. And that's what I agree with. What I don't agree with them is saying that Frank has been forced to play the youngsters like Billy. Or they're saying that we've been lucky to be able to play youngsters in, in situations where we're comfortable. But like to me, Nick, playing Billy Gilmore from the start against Everton, that's not giving him a safe place to play. No, I mean, this is that's a crazy scenario uh, to even say. I mean, this was such an important game for Chelsea to win. And I think because the result was so comfortable, PZ, you know, everything looks rosy in, in retrospect. But, I mean, this was a huge, like, amount of trust to me to put in Billy Gilmore again, you know, not too long after he played Liverpool midweek. So I I think it's a ridiculous sentiment from, from the BBC. Yeah. I don't, I think questioning Lampard on, on whether he's being forced to play all these players is, is only coming from people who really haven't paid attention all season. Cause (laughs) I mean, it's, it's basically the first thing he said when he got appointed that, you know, he's going to break down the barriers between the youth team and the first teams. And, you know, whether the results have been good or bad, he stayed true to that. So obviously, to some certain extent, his hand has been forced, not even so much by the transfer ban, but by everybody being injured. So I mean, yeah, his other option would have been to, you know, 
play a different formation. I mean, you don't have to play with three midfielders. You could have played with two, and he had two midfielders that he's already, you know, shown that he's trusts more than just for six games or however many Gilmore has had. But uh, I think that's that's a silly criticism. But what I was uh, hope, uh, going to add to previously is uh, to the previous question about uh, Gilmore and Jorginho. Uh, the question actually, I think, is a bit limiting in the sense that Gilmore is already shown to be much more versatile than Jorginho. Uh, like today, he played two positions, uh, played the the holding anchor man, and then he got pushed further forward when uh, Reese James came on. And uh, with uh, Kovacic injured probably for a little while, you know, there's going to be plenty of minutes to go around this season, next season. And just the fact that he is able to fill in at multiple roles unlike Jorginho, is going to give him lots of chances to impress. So I don't think it's you know, something we have to worry about, trust or any of that nonsense. But Dan, can Billy take a penalty kick like Jorginho? <laughs> we will see. Yeah. I, I'm sure they will give him the opportunity. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, if if Jorginho is not on, William's going to take the penalty kick. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it's going to work. Don't you mean Ross? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. All right, well. So the Sky Sports News organization put out a, a graphic after this match and says, Billy and the kids. And it was Chelsea players under 21 at the start of the season. That was last season versus this season. Um, out of that group of players, only one was used last year. We've had Callum. Eight, yep, Callum Hudson-Odoi. We've had eight this season. Last year, they had one player starting. This year, we've had seven starting. Uh, combined starts last season, four. Right, Nick? Your blue beard, right? Yep, thank God. This thank God season, 94. And then combined minutes was 391 versus 8,400% of team minutes. 1% last season, 30% this season. Um, I know we've had a transfer ban. I know we've had injuries. But look, Giroud has just featured since the turn of the year. Like, uh, you know, Tammy was soaking up all the minutes. Mason has been playing quite a bunch as well, obviously. Callum had some minutes before he got injured. Um, Reese James has been playing significant of minutes. Um, who else might I be missing? Tamori had his run. Tamori had a run. Oh, man. Yeah, that makes me sad. Um, but anyways, it's just, it's, to, to kind of further that point from, from what David said is that, you know, that's not because I had to, right? That's not a, oh, every now and then we're going like, this is definitely a, a tenet of Frank's, um, you know, management style, Dan, and what he believes in. And he's clearly, clearly committed to this. And it's paying off, to be fair. Now, we've had a roller coaster. We've had some ups and downs this season. I'll admit that. But from a development standpoint, putting Chelsea in a really strong strong position. Totally. And it's going to pay dividends when we look at what we get to do next season when we can start to play around in the transfer market a little bit. I mean, uh, bringing in, uh, you know, uh, Zayek, you know, getting him into the squad so you can add a little veteran support around to continue to promote some youth players in. I mean, there's, there's others out there within the loan army too and with the reduction in loan army size that might force our hand in, in some other ways. You know, maybe we just go out and buy a, a Scottish club and use them as a feeder system. I don't know. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's, it, it's, it's a benefit actually, I think, that we've done such a good job 
Neil Bath and everyone involved in the Academy to get us to the point where we could really pull from such a selection of talent because this this season in many ways and still could go a lot worse than than where it has been. And I think that's a credit to uh, the organization of Chelsea for getting us to where we are and Frank then uh, really helping to bridge the gap between the Academy and the first team. So last one about this, which is kind of a new thing, um, David, is that Tammy's refusing to sign a contract. Is this the downside of playing all these young guys who want to get paid like the uh, established first teamers around them? Or is that no biggie? Is he refusing to sign or is that just the headline? Um, you wrote it, I think. <laughs> well, I, did you click on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nailed it. Jackpot. I mean, okay, so he's refusing to sign it, but it's it's been basically a monthly rolling thing with Abraham uh, since the stories first came out in August that Chelsea are trying to sign him alongside everybody else to a new long-term contract. Uh, he's obviously looking for a decent uh, wage rise to be on par with the other high earners on the team, which only makes sense if he is the team's starting center forward. Um, the latest report the, does say that he refused to sign the latest offer from Chelsea. There's absolutely no additional detail given beyond that. So uh, anything from there is conjecture. Uh, previous uh, slightly more uh, reliable reports then the mirror said that they are close of course people have been saying it's close since about october um i mean all in all that just means that eventually he's going to sign and everything will be just fine it's cheaper than you know the the sign fees right for some of these players like obviously we want to talk about kappa right now that we paid 70 oh, some it's, million it's to bring always cheaper to just re-sign your players rather than mm-hmm. than pay transfer fees because that's none of, none of that goes to the player or anything like that so it's for the players themselves it it behooves them to kind of uh not sign long-term deals as well although that really hasn't become a thing yet in in football but yeah i mean it's it it's only it's only beneficial for us to to sign our own to long-term contracts and people will throw out how many six-figure salaries and you'll get the usual reaction like i can't believe we're paying a 22 year old x amount but it's it's they're going to have a lot uh, smaller impact on the bottom line than any signing we make. It's super smart roster construction. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing that people have to consider is that, you know, yes, you can be really frustrated that someone's making that amount of money or you can be happy with the fact that by paying him a wage, cons- you know, consummate with the fact that he's also the top scorer in the team and seventh still in overall scoring in the Premier League. You know, that that type of player doesn't come cheap on the open market and so just maybe contextualize it appropriately I mean every 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 Tammy Abraham or Hudson Odoi you sign saves you a drink water and a Zappacosta so and and I would quickly add on this I mean I, I don't think there is a a doubt in anyone's mind that this will get across the line uh, Tammy wants to be there you've seen the passion he's shown this year. Tammy's also bet on himself a little bit to say, I'm not going to sign in October. I want to see how many goals I can get and maybe up that up that wage packet a little bit by the end of the year. Now, he obviously has to get healthy and start banging them in again. But, um, you know, it, there's always this fine line for a player, you know, with injuries and everything else that you want to sign a deal that, that will kind of set you up for the next one. And if he signs a four or five year deal, that'll take him until he's 26 or 27 and then that'll kind of be like the last big 
big contract of his career because he'll be entering into his prime. So he, he wants to set himself up appropriately, Brandon. And I, you know, I hope the club just get this done because, uh, you know, there, there are other holes that we need to fill in the team for sure. There sure are. But that will go ahead and wrap up kind of that part of it. We're going to take a quick ad break. Thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show. Financial One, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about some other people, maybe Ross the Boss, a little Mason Mao, maybe William Pedro. What do you think? Uh, much more coming at you after the break. All right. So, yeah, we kind of want to run through some different players and just talk about what we got out of them uh, today. You know, I think the spotlight was probably going to be on Ross Barkley for obvious reasons coming up through the Everton Academy, making his debut at, I believe, 16 or something like that for them. High expectations. Um, I was I was rereading Matt Law's piece on it and how, you know, when he left, he left for about half the rate Chelsea were willing to pay in the summer to come in January. Um, and so a lot of, you know, like the mayor of Liverpool got involved. It was just dirty. It was it was stupid. Uh, and he got booed away last time. So obviously we see how it was. Dude turned up, if you look at it today, statistically, at Statman Dave. Breaking down Barkley's numbers, saying 100% of his final third passes were accurate, 100% of his crosses were accurate, 100% of his tackles were won, 98% pass accuracy, 8 ball recovery, 7 successful take-ons, 6 chances created, 3 shots, 2 on target, 2 assists. One of his best games under Frank Lampard. And, you know, Frank even being asked, Peasy, is, is, you know, Barkley's career kind of been wasted. He's 26 now. And, uh, you know, Frank said absolutely not. He's in the England team. His best years are ahead of him. Um, we have seen two different players from this guy this season. We all go back to preseason. He was our savior. And then it took him about three, four months to find a kind of final little bit of form. savior. All right. Yeah. But here we are. Took the it, Victor it, Moses Award. We've seen a couple good performances out of him. I, I don't know. I guess what's your general take on Ross and kind of like – his his fit in the Chelsea squad. Oh, Ross is a very uh, strange player to uh, to figure out, I think. And Lampard is hardly the first uh, manager to try to figure that out. Um, I actually just wrote about this the other day, so I'm assuming nobody's going to read it. So I'm just going to repeat myself. <laughs> but <laughs> basically, Brandon, basically, yeah. um, I mean, Barkley since he arrived, uh, he's been he was called dumb. By Conte, he was called a complete player by Sari. He uh, went and spilled some uh, chips in the back of a Liverpool cab, and then did some partying in Dubai and got dropped from the team. And now he's suddenly once again England's savior. So I mean, the kid's been up and down his entire Chelsea career, which is now a little over two years old. Just like he's been up and down his entire career. And basically, at some point, he has to put it together. Um, whether that's now or in the future, um, it probably will uh, make or break his Chelsea career. Um, his Lampard's pre-match quotes basically said, now, you know, Ross has to put it together after the good performance against Liverpool, which I would say wasn't really that good. He just scored a really nice goal. But, you know, credit to Ross Barkley. He was very good today, and... This is what makes it frustrating when he's not good, which is seems to be more often than not, uh, because we know what he can do is just he doesn't do it consistently, and I think uh, Everton fans will agree to a good measure on that assessment. 
So I mean, it's it's up to it's up to Barkley, just like it's been up to all the other players to to uh, impress and uh, continue playing to the level that uh, we know that they are capable of. Yeah, I, I would add. I, I think Ross, the last couple of games, has used his body well. I, I think he's dribbled into space well. I don't think he's been knocked off the ball or, or had it stolen from him as much and he seems to be a little bit more aware of the situation that's around him which has not been a strong suit Dan since he has come to Chelsea um, but uh, you know I think was a little bit uh, unlucky not to score today I mean his his first chance was kind of a, a easy setter for the goalkeeper but um, the two assists were good his overall style of play was good he, he made defenders commit to him today, which was great because it opened up space for everybody else. And, you know, hopefully he can replicate it. Yeah, he did did some nice work on the ball today. I think he also was was holding on to it a little bit near the end of the match. And Frank called it out in the post-match interview. He said, typically I wouldn't like that, but fair play to Ross. He, he <laughs> earned the opportunity to do that and just continue to get the... The Boo Birds from the Everton away section going after him. Whoever but, was still there as they yeah, started leaving. I'm in the pretty 50th sure they minute. gave up after the first thirty minutes. Well, yeah, the, the one, uh, the one guy who ran onto the field, he was I, still there. He <laughs> definitely was not there. Uh, he, uh, yeah. So ultimately, it was a, it was really strong performance, and I think to some of what everybody else said, it's about Ross not being a punch card player, where every tenth performance is amazing. He needs to develop a level of consistency where he's just a, a consistent seven. He's a, he's a seven out of ten, and maybe he rises to an eight uh, or a nine on on the day. But he needs to have that level of consistency. Uh, otherwise, there are going to be other players coming up through the ranks here, as we see, as we see Mason, as we see Billy, as we see others who are going to force the math in the midfield against him, and he'll find himself either on the on the bench or he'll find himself out of Chelsea kind of maybe flip to a different team all right next one to talk about Dan is Mason Mount uh I'll let you kind of throw out the stats and the context that you want to kind of frame your narrative about uh what kind of a day Mason had the the day that earns you an early sub off for protection and a standing ovation that's the kind of day Mason Mount had he bossed it he was uh Got his goal, which was great. You know, he he felt like he couldn't buy a goal from basically December until now, and just had a wonderful twist and hit to to sink that pass Pickford that was glorious. Uh, total kind of stats here: Mason now has been directly involved in ten Premier League goals for Chelsea this season, six goals and four assists, uh, and then also completed more take ons than any other player during his time on the pitch against Everton. Five attempted, five completed. And, yeah, he's just. He is continuing to showcase an ability to be present, to be there. And so so rewarding, I think, probably for him to finally get back on the score sheet. And I think that's been the only thing that has really held people back for providing maybe the praise or being more reserved and praising him for just how impactful he tends to be. Uh, even when the team doesn't have the ball, his ability to work back for the recovery, his ability to press, he is an engine, uh, David. And I, I think he, you know, deservedly got what he was looking for today which was really nice to see i mean uh he's hit the post like three times in the last three games i want to say so it's it's been coming and uh he before his goal he had a most amazing shot that i, I couldn't i couldn't believe it didn't go in oh a <sighs> i couldn't believe it was on target and then b i couldn't believe that pickford saved it because it was like a a flying half sideways scissor kick volley i don't even know what the technical term is to describe it 
but he got it on target and it was powerful. Uh, but Pickford maybe short, but he's got good reactions, so he made the save. Uh, but then his uh, the actual goal he scored was almost as amazing. Uh, just wrong footing everybody and uh, hitting his shot near post instead of far post, which is what everybody expected. Uh, it was it was beautiful. And but again, I think uh, with Mount the problem is that everybody concentrates on goals. Goals and assists, and I mean, it's fantastic that he has six goals and however many assists for uh, his Premier League season, his first Premier League season, it should be added. But uh, as Lampard has gone a great lengths to point out, he he provides so much more to the team. He keys the press, he keys the attack, and when he's not firing on full cylinders, which, you know, he is, what, 21? Yeah, he's 21. I, you can't really expect that to happen every game, but when he's not on on his on the top of his game, Chelsea struggle a lot more often than not. So you know, today was was is great to get it to to see him get on the score sheet so that everybody can recognize the fact that he played well. But his you know his his level of performance is is so much more than that, and it's it's nice to see it pay off. And and every 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 respect, uh, he he's just been an Iron Man this year. I mean, honestly, I think the 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 credit has to just be for him to stave off injury. And there have been some I'm pretty, pretty sure bad he's been tackles playing with a bad ankle basically the All entire year. season. Yeah, he just doesn't want to acknowledge it. And you know, he's tough. He's resilient. He's he showed some energy today. I don't know where he got it from after all these minutes, but uh, it's really really impressive. And and hopefully. I think more people are starting to key in on the pressing thing, specifically PZ, because he's just been amazing in that respect and, and led. Yeah. But uh, certainly wasn't the only only one pressing, uh, Brandon. There, there are quite a few others who, who contributed on that front. Correct. So now pushing it back to PZ, William or Pedro? You, dealer's choice, David. Am I supposed to talk about one of them? Yeah. Let's talk about Pedro because I like Pedro. Well, I kind of like Pedro. But uh, today I liked Pedro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean this. Yeah, it's just like uh, we saw good Pedro today. Mostly there was towards the end of the game, he did one of his Pedro things where he just kind of started dribbling towards his own goal, and then he fell down. <laughs> and then Everton had an attack, but then somebody committed a foul, or there was some something went wrong for them because they were not good today. But Pedro, you know, he he's little and he runs around a lot, and that's fantastic. And it's what made him. Uh, Barcelona's lucky charm back in the day because he did the things that nobody else on that team really wanted to do. And that's what made him such a, a great signing for Mourinho at the time. And suddenly, after basically barely featuring all season, he's come in and, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you wouldn't really expect anything less from a, a professional, a veteran professional like like Pedro or Giroud for that matter. You know, he's come in and, and, and given his all, even though he knows that his time at the club is basically ending in about three months. And uh, whatever awaits him is probably not at the level of Chelsea. So it's, you know, it's basically his, his, his uh, swan song for, for top-level football and for Chelsea. And he's he's making the most of it. And he's doing, he's created a lot of our, our best attacks down that left side, combined with Lonzo quite well. Uh, created his crosses, passed it in for Mount, uh, led led plenty of the counters. I mean, little Pedro, you know, turning back the clock. It's nice to see. Well, we will have to give honorable mention to the other winger, William. Um, he's now matched his goal contributions specifically for the Premier League already. 
Uh, he, or I'm sorry, he's beaten it. He has five goals, five assists, one more than he managed in the whole of last season. So look, yeah. as we, I have a somehow. bone to pick with Willian, but we can move on. Well, I mean, you want what's your what's your bone? Pick that bone. My bone to pick. My bone to pick with Willian is that he ran out of steam after about twenty five minutes and didn't even try for basically the second half of the first half. If that makes sense. Yep. And then he scored his goal and then basically did very little the rest of the game. And I think he's. Uh, I don't like his off pitch behavior. Very much, but that's been a thing for a while since he emojied over Conte after the FA Cup final. Are you, are you talking about his family wearing red? I mean, I see if his family can do whatever he wants, uh, whatever they want. It's mostly him always talking about how much he loves the club and not wanting to sign a two-year contract, now wants a three-year contract. Um, that doesn't sound like somebody who actually loves the club to me, so he can... Move on and whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a catch-22. Obviously, a player's going to want as much as they can. And if you're at a place that you're comfortable and happy and your family's settled, you know, like, yeah. of course I'm going to want as much as I can, especially because you're never going to get it. So maybe he's trying to settle and make sure he gets the two or something. I don't know. but Well, he's being offered the two if reports are to be believed, and that's what he supposedly wanted last year. Now they're giving him the two-year, which would make him – the exception to the rule again, just mm-hmm. like his good pal David Luiz. Um, and now he's saying that he wants three. So, I mean, make up your mind, man. So here it goes again. Give him the extension. He goes to Arsenal. Probably. Copy, paste, rinse, repeat. Yeah. I better predict he'll have the most minutes again next year. Just go ahead and get that prediction on paper. Uh, Who, last. William? Yeah, I predicted preseason that David Luiz would have the most minutes played this season. The next Uh day, he left for Arsenal. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. This is why you do the opposite of Brandon Uh when you want to go Mm back. He's not aware of the history. Yep, it's all right. Nick, last one up for today is Kepa. I'm just kidding. We're going Ali Giroud. Yeah, no one wants to talk about a mediocre goalkeeper, PZ. You should know that. Man. Jeez, harsh. And oh. Brandon has soured on yeah. on Keppa. The goalkeeper union fees have not been paid. Um, <laughs> his ceiling is high. His performance is not as much. Anyways, Brand, Brandon union busting over here. World Cup winner Oliver Giroud. Football Joe tweeting incredible gesture from Olivier Giroud bringing a young fan with him for his post match interview. Wait, God, wait. So stupid. Oh, it's Billy Gilmore. The play, the man of the match. <laughs> it's Bill. It's Billy Gilmore and a fan. Um, uh, Ollie was exceptional today. I will say that as a as a hold up striker, great heading ability. Finally got his goal at the end. Um, but I think it was just exceptional linking up and bringing play along with him and providing an outlet. I mean, he was just tremendous. And and I hope he's able to put in a few more of those performances while Tammy gets healthy because. You know, it's really been a lifeline the last handful of weeks. I mean, obviously against Bayern, everyone was bad. But um, outside of that moment, he's been been pretty good. And today was very good. I would say that I would totally be cool if he would be willing to sign for another year to stay on the team. What a wild ride. Absolutely frozen out. No minutes. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm happy. And I was like, well, yeah, but you're only happy because you're playing. Because Tammy's hurt. Like, are you going to really be that happy when Tammy's full fit? And I'll just kick him. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> In the old scrimmage games, give him, give him a kick up the backside. I thought their link-up play was great. I thought the ball movement today and the angles uh, worked really well. Um, 
I thought he was involved far beyond just a target man and kind of a, a meaty forehead in the box. PZ agree. Give a shout out to Mason Holgate, savior of Manchester City, who was about as bad as John Stones. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, just let him fly oh, by. Man, it was terrible. But yeah, thoughts on Olivier? He was he was great. Yeah, he uh, he didn't have to come back as far in this match, which was uh, also helps him because he is not great at speed at pace. Yeah, he tried that dribble once. It was very bad. He should not. He should not <laughs> dribble the ball. Whatever he does. Just pass it off, man. No, pass it yeah. off or, or attempt a shot. Those are the only two things that he should be doing. And uh, th- those work well for him. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I am very set in the fact that I, I think he still has, has value and it's going to be in, in sprints. It's going to be there to, to pop up as a, a short-term solution uh, and, and really gives us something kind of different. You know, he, he, he bodies people. He uses every inch of his frame to make life difficult on on a defender when he's pushing him around. And I, I know I, I know you love that, Nick. I know it's one of your favorite things to kind of watch a center forward just give it to someone, and he, he does that really well. Giving him the business is the industry term there, Dan. That's business. That that's that's what that's called. But yeah, but he's I don't know, man. I, I'm really pumped for him. I'm glad that he's back in the team, and uh, you know. If you're if you're Mishi Bachuai and Broja comes on in, in front of you, uh, you, I think the signs are kind of clear there now. Yeah, Mishi's the one who needs to be worried. That's that's that spells the end. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of looking ahead to the future, I'm just kidding. That's way too much pressure to put on these guys. But Armando Broja is the eighth Academy debut of the season. Thank you to NazKinslevGoal.com for that. Uh, he listed them Mount, Gilmore, James, Matson, Lamptey, Gurhi, Andrin, Broja. Tamari and Abraham had already appeared for Chelsea. Uh, and then to and then obviously Tino Andrin playing again. Uh, Chelsea Youth, his take on Armando Broja said a year ago today, on the 8th of March, he was a second half substitute for the Chelsea under 18s in a defeat at Arsenal, having scored two goals all season. Here he is making his Chelsea debut, and it's entirely deserved for so much hard work. Uh, so obviously take a lot of uh, praise and respect for him on that, and uh, well done. It's not what I was doing uh, at that time in my life. But anyways, Dan of the match poll, as, as you wanted to throw this one out here, it was not easy because there were good options. We've had some not easy ones, Dan, because there were no good options. Again, tough day at the office for you guys. Mason yeah, it was, uh, was not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so our options were Billy Gilmore, Boss Barkley, Mason Mountain, and Pedro. And uh, no surprise, Billy Gilmore. We Billy Gilmore in size and stature, but massive with the votes, 63%. Ross Barkley with uh, 20 there, Mason getting at 8%, and then uh, Pedro with 9. So, uh, no no surprise. Should it be Boss Barkley? No, I have a new I have a new one. Oh. What about oh, Sauce? Oh, God, no, please no. Sauce Barkley with the take-ons, baby. Let's go. Sauce Chef Boy- Barkley. Chef Boyardee hat. I'm resetting Let's the Twitter go. password. That is what's <laughs> happening. Oh, man. Well, as the table stands... Uh, Liverpool still on top, running away with it. Man City losing to United today, doing us no favors in second. Fucking useless. Leicester City in third, Chelsea fourth, United fifth, Wolves sixth. So as we look at it, uh, uh, Man City on 57 points, Leicester on 50, Chelsea on 48, Man United 45, 
Wolves 43, Chef United 43, Tottenham 41, Arsenal 41. So we got eight points between us and the and the, the Arse down in ninth. Um, Shout out to Spurs. Oh, my God. Sneaking yeah. in at eighth. <laughs> Terrible. Annoyingly enough, uh, United have a better goal difference than us as well. Um, so we're lacking there by two. But if we keep... Thanks, City. Doing, seriously, Thanks. doing the business Idiots. against teams like Everton, that, that should be better. Um, bottom is a disaster as well. Uh, Norwich, 21 points in 20th. Villa, 25 points in 19th. Bournemouth, 18th place with 27 yeah. points. Villa in terrible form, which sucks for us because we play them next. Yep. It seems to kind of be <laughs> you, the trend. You know, what, you know what that means. Well, they have to play Leicester next, too. So, I mean, that, oh, that's they have also... Oh, they have two? Okay. Yeah, so that that's also a benefit okay, Hopefully they there, beat so. Leicester and then they can lose to us. That's fair. Exactly. That's, that's the math fair. we're looking for. Yeah. Um, more math that, you know, we're here for, Dan, is these 538 probabilities. I still don't buy it, but go ahead and run either. us through <laughs> qualification for Champions League in the Premier League. Well, apparently Liverpool's already qualified, so uh, good reasonable. for them. Yeah, Man City uh, ruled out due to uh, you know <laughs> illicit dealings. Uh, Leicester at ninety three percent chances or probability to qualify for Champions League. Chelsea at seventy nine. Man United at seventy. Wolves at twenty five. Sheffield United at twelve. Tottenham at thirteen, and Arsenal at six. Um, and I kind of worked it back because obviously there's like max point potential on these. Um, so right now, like our maximum, if we won every game for the remainder of the season, is seventy-five points. When next after that would be uh, Sheffield with seventy-three, United at seventy-two. So like our current magic number would be getting twenty-six out of the twenty-seven uh, points if we wanted to finish at seventy-four. If we finished, you know, winning almost everything, and then uh, Sheffield was winning everything. Uh, so I mean, twenty-five if you want to go with uh, goal differential. Breaker, but I like how Sheffield have more total points on the table than United, albeit one because I have a match in hand. But that's that's a little bit crazy. Um, look, we're not gonna have time to go through kind of all the, the final run ins for all the teams. Um, but the the point here is that uh, it's it's gonna be tight the whole way out. I know, David, what your take is on it. Um, even though we have a, a couple points ahead um i just am not super confident that we can close this season out especially as we've seen with a lot of the injuries and looking ahead at who we have to play but i guess kind of give us your standing on who are you afraid of playing i'm not afraid of playing but like Ooh. when we banana peel on teams in the past ah, like, that's all over now <laughs> winning and winning the rest of the way uh i mean yeah I guess I, I, I see what we should be concerned about, but um, you have to be confident at, at this point, and that's the only way forward. Um, we've hung around the top four since basically the entire season. Uh, we've gone through our bad moment. I believe things cannot get any worse, and now we shall be relegated. <laughs> Uh, I think math- mathematically that is impossible. Oh, thank God. But, uh... Uh, no, I mean... We did it. it it's, it's one of those... Well, you look to look at the fixtures that you have listed here. Villa away, West Ham away, Watford at home, Palace away. That's four straight games that we should be winning. Obviously, we probably aren't going to win them all because this is the type of season that it is. 
but we've seen the teams below us not really put together any anything spectacular either. So once again, just like last season, it's going to come down to whoever whoever manages to put a, a runner results together. And considering our last two last two performances, last three or four, I'm including the Spurs win here. Uh, we're showing that uh, there's definitely potential that we can play up to, and just have to we just have to do it. That's, that's all there's. United haven't lost in nine or ten now. They've got Sheffield United, Spurs, Brighton, Bournemouth, and Villa, that's, Southampton, that's Palace, West Ham, Leicester to end the season out. Nick, so I mean. Uh, it's it, I, if, uh, I don't know. I feel like we we always just do enough to somehow escape escape by, freaking uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, United has an easier run in, just flat out. I mean, we're talking about some of those results. Uh, we have or they they have Sheffield still. They have Spurs away, Brighton away, Bournemouth home, Leicester Villa last away, Southampton Palace. I mean, like. They basically play the bottom half of the table the rest of the way, and they've been in better form than us recently. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm looking at their schedule, and unless you know, Ollie takes the the car off the uh, the tracks again, I think they're probably our biggest threat uh, to top four. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 looking at our running. We still have to play City. We still have to play Sheffield United. We still have to play Liverpool. Those are going to be three tough matches to Dan's. Uh, 20 um what uh, Liverpool won't care 27. anymore City don't care anymore Liverpool won't care Norwich will be officially relegated yeah. um you know United Sheffield United will want to play as hard Wolves will want to play as hard um and then City as we saw today clearly don't care anymore well so, I mean I mean really. already said that he doesn't care he's he specifically said he's gonna give play all his players and to, to get everybody fit for Madrid yeah uh, I get it. I mean, wonderful. He knows be- he knows he can't win. He knows he's not going to win the Champions League. What's there to play for? Yeah. Well, he's got to go for the Champions League. So he's not going to be in it for a while. They right. will be in the Premier League next season, so he won't miss that. Um, I, I, I generally think Nick more likely just to, before we wrap is that we will more likely finish third ahead of Leicester than we will allow United to finish ahead of us. <laughs> Plus, we only have to finish top five, so that's good. Huh. Oh, that that that's also a benefit too. You know, is that you don't have to finish actually fourth. You have to finish fifth. But I mean, Leicester on a terrible run of form. Vardy has not been firing on any cylinder whatsoever, and we're stitching it together. He just had a kid. He'll bounce back. Well, and they, well, they have to, and they have finishing out Spurs and Sheffield United as their last two matches. Arsenal within the last four. I mean, they they have just a difficult end of the season run as anybody else. So. I, I think more likely we finish third. All right. Well, let's see how it all plays out. Uh, but that's going to wrap for this episode. David, thank you, sir. It has been fun hanging out. We should do it again sooner than later. Maybe, you know, can't really go out west and travel these days. But uh, if we do end up finding ourselves out there, we'll let you know, as always. Airplane airplane prices or tickets are very cheap. <laughs> Understandable. David, we told you you couldn't do any ads <laughs> during the podcast. I just saved a hundred dollars on my Southwest flight. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, go follow uh, DPZ on social media. But more importantly, the blog "We Ain't Got No History" over at SB Nation. Um, you know, firm supporters of that, obviously because of our time spent there and the support they've given us. But now that we've gotten to know you as a person, as a friend, uh, we want them to support you through that as well. Nick, Dan, yeah. thank you, gentlemen, as always, for joining me. 
Um, but that's it. That's a wrap for nothing from here on out. That'll be the status quo. The new expectation bar has been set. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of today's episode. A lot to cover. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.